We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Valspar Championship DraftKings picks in preview. If you want to play in the best tournament on the DraftKings, hit the description of this video and podcast. Get in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. The link is down there. $15 to play, three max entry. No rake. Let's fill it up. It's almost full already, so you're probably going to want to get a spot now before it is completely full. Also, the newsletter is down there as well. The link to it, I put one out on Tuesday morning with some more in-depth coverage both on the Valspar and on the NFL Draft, plus other giveaways that we're doing right now. So please join the free newsletter. It's free, so help us out over here, all right? And fantasynational.com slash mayo gets you 20% off. And if you uh, just kind of scroll down on Fantasy National a little bit, you might see some new filters popping up uh, over the course of the next week or so as we get ready for the PGA Championship. No better time to get in on Fantasy National than right now. Why not, right? Ben Raza from Awesomeo.com is on the line. You ready for the Valspar? This is a fun one. I love the Valspar. Uh, don't remember because the last time we saw it was quite a while. Like when I was reading that Paul Casey was going for the three-peat, I was like, wait, what? But I I now remember we haven't seen this course in a while. I'm very excited to get back. I love this course. I feel like this is a course where you win a lot of money solely because (laughs) Paul Casey keeps winning here. So anytime you got Paul Casey winning and Usti uh, getting in the hunt, that's probably why I say I love this course. I've had some good success here over the years. I I like it. It's tough. Uh, It fits the kind of teams I like to build. So we'll see if we can keep that going. Yeah, yeah. Casey, Reed, Louie, all your guys tend to play well here. Is there a specific type? I mean, those are your types of players anyways. Maybe it's just happenstance that they tend to do well at the Valspar. But is there any particular type of player in general that you're looking for here? Is it like good irons, good chipping? Yeah, so it's the rare kind. Usually those are counterintuitive because the normal philosophy is if you're so good with your irons, you can get away with chipping because you don't need to face it. But at a place like this, at Copperhead, you can't really do that. And I think the ability to mitigate big numbers that like someone like Patrick Reed seems to work his way in and out of trouble. Uh, Louie, I mean, lately he's a super putter, but he's had some really good scrambling opportunities here in the past. So I I think that type of player uh, rarely is in play, but this week more than ever, it's actually very important. All right, well, let's go to the 10K range on DraftKings. It starts off with the number two player in the world, priced higher than the number one player in the world, Justin Thomas. He is $11,500. DJ is 11-2. Big Dick Vic, 10-5. Patrick Reed, 10-3. Paul Casey, the two-time defending champion, is $10,000. I briefly brought this up with Jeff on the betting show that Casey's like 22, 25 to 1 in some spots that no one's going to bet him, are they? And he's going to win again. Yeah, probably go for the, uh, yeah, the three-peat, and it's true. I mean, he's going to be, he's a reasonable tag, and, and people are going to start with him. But it's, you see this sometimes in DFS where it's like, I can't tell you the winner. I feel like in betting this week, you're not going to see Casey's name on too many cards, which is pretty ironic. Yeah, it's funny. It just with the top of the betting board, it's super tough. Do you have a lean of any of these guys, $10,000 and above? Because everything in, 
I really want to play Dustin Johnson, but I'm really concerned about his irons. And he kind of has to win at that price tag is the whole thing when it comes down to it. Like the T17 that he gave me at the Heritage was fine as an actual result, but it didn't really help out my DraftKings lineups all that much. So when I think about it, I think that Reed might just be the play at 10-3. Reed's always the play. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with going to Reed. He just does what he does. He's putting amazing. He's been like that all season. The harder, the better. I, I do think, and he's priced like it, that Justin Thomas naturally is just always the safest. He, he doesn't miss cuts. He scores. Um, if the putter cooperates, he is the favorite for a reason, and I totally get that. I think you can pay that for sure, but Reed, you're getting $1,200 discount. Uh, he's a great starting point off Casey. You're paying $300 more. I have absolutely no problem with them. Uh, the question I had for you is anybody going to play Hovland? I, I think he might be the one that gets lost. I have a feeling that Hovland's going to be higher owned than DJ will. I, can I just say that I don't love Justin Thomas at this course? I just feel like this is not... And I've seen him win. He won at Quail Hollow in a PGA Championship that was set up very similar to this. So I, listen, I know he can win. And I know that he's the betting favorite. But just the things that he does poorly are not like we said chipping and approaches, which he is probably the best at in the fields. So that's great. But you know, the putting can put himself out of this tournament and the driving's not good. Yeah. The driving's been really surprising. I mean, it was never mega elite, but it was good enough and it was consistent enough uh, for a while there. And then you get wedges in his hands. I I'm more going to the fact that, yeah, the two main skill sets, he's dominant with the irons, uh, dominant working out of trouble he just needs to make a couple so i get it i'm I'm a little concerned about dustin johnson he's been putting pretty well but his irons have been broken to an extent so if i go north of 11 i know there's only two guys but it would be jt over dj looking at the projected ownership right now it's still tuesday morning so this has a lot of time to mature fantasynational.com slash mayo by the way. Also, I have NFL mock drafts out, player profiles, bets. Go check that all out on Mayo Media Network. Remember to smash the like button to the episode, sub to the channel, and in the comment section, give me your two favorite plays below $7,000 for the Valspar Championship this week, by the way. Probably no Quail Hollow show next week for DraftKings. If I get up and running at my new set and have my equipment show up, then yeah, we'll, we'll most definitely do one. But I just want to be primed and ready to go for PGA Championship week, Ben. But I have Dustin Johnson projected as the lowest right now. In the single digits, he's the only one. Vic, in like 11%. Is Sunday... I don't know if it was him or Ventura, but I, I, that was very, very disturbing. Um, I'm a little salty with that. And yeah, I, I don't think, you know, that profile is perfect for Valspar, but when you're that talented, of course you can do it. I definitely prefer Reed, though, uh, when we're talking about that next batch of players. All right, well, let's go 9K then, because I think this is where a lot of people are, I don't necessarily think, going to start, but maybe they are. You can play three guys in the 9Ks if you want to. I don't think that this tier is substantially below everyone else. And looking at the early ownership projections, I was surprised at the guy who is the lowest owned right now. So Scheffler, 9-8, Connors, Louis, Hatton, Answer, M, Joaquin, Neiman, and Russell Henley. In order of the guys, I'm probably going to play four guys from this range, and this is how I may start all of my teams. However, I like Hatton the best at 9-4, which just seems like a slap-in-the-face type pricing. Sungjae at 9-2. Then... Henley at $9,000 and then Scheffler at 98. Scheffler is the one that no one is owning right now. That is interesting. I like Scheffler a lot. I thought him and Bubba had a real chance to win last week. Didn't materialize, but they still played good. Uh, and he's just very consistent, really no weak link. The putter, it's not a strong suit, but it's good enough to hang in there and everything else is firing on all cylinders. I also think again, anytime you're close to someone like Paul Casey, who's going to be an extreme lightning rod this week. That's a good thing. Uh, most people will find $200. So you're going to get some uniqueness there, but I have to, how can you not like Usti? I never play Usti. I just don't do it. I, he's one of those guys That's that a good I, life choice that I think you either play every week or you never play him. Then you don't have to worry about the withdrawals and stuff like that. The only time I really play Usti is when I log on to Fantasy National and see that his calculated ownership and projected ownership is below 5%. Then I feel good about it. But that's not the case this week. People are playing Louie. Yeah, that is, I mean, the truth be told, the time to play Louie is when it makes the least amount of sense. Uh, <laughs> and he is coming in, obviously could have won, possibly should have won last week. He's got a runner up here, uh, and what he did there was just complete wizardry around the greens, and he's putting 
at an unsustainable rate. So all of those things, I don't love. Ownership will determine it. I'm with you on Hat, and I like him a lot. The guy that I always get stuck on is Neiman because I, I love the talent. I love the game. I just worry about the around the green play at courses like this. I do too, but he has played tough courses really well. It's funny, like the the more the wind, the harder the course, the better he tends to play. So that's a positive uh, in on his side. But I, I agree with you that the chipping has been really problematic. But I think it's the same case you could make for Vic at the same time. That it, you know, the path that you spelled out earlier is that putting in irons and around the green player together and focusing on that is one thing because normally you want someone who's ball striking the shit out of the ball. They're driving it well. They're hitting their irons well. And that's Neiman and Hovland. Like, that's how they can win this tournament is just by being the best ball striker. Almost like, almost very similar to what Corey Connors had done through three rounds the year, the first year that Paul Casey won. He was in the final group or the second to last group, ended up fading away on Sunday, but it was like the first real run that he ever got on the PGA Tour, like being in contention late. And that's exactly what happened to him. Like he was ball striking per Corey Connors exceptionally well throughout the week. And then he started missing a few greens on Sunday and then he had to rely on a short game and a short game sucks. So he ended up going like T 13 or something like that. So I-, I can see going to him. I think I just like all of the other guys better than him at this particular course. And for someone who has money on Neiman at the British open, I'm starting to rethink that now. I hope it gets real windy. Put it that way. Yeah. Listen, he, he, these guys, particularly Neiman, there's a ton of talent and he has shown he's starting to, you know, he's finding his way in majors a little bit and it'll, it'll come. Uh, I'm with Jan Henley. He's got the combination, his ball striking, I think is honestly underrated because it's Henley. He's a world-class iron player, uh, has been for a long time, just needs to get hot with the putter, which can come and go. So there's a lot to like here. I think a lot of people are going to join you in maybe starting with three guys in the nines and omitting the top. The move would be to start with Scheffler at 9-8 and yep. hope that this isn't one of the bad iron weeks for him because around the green, he's great off the tee. He's great. The putter comes and goes. But if he can get his irons dialed in, they've been better. They were better at the Zurich. They were better at the Masters. So you know, hopefully he can do that again here. And even just looking at him, he's not great at any one thing, but he's not bad at anything either, which is – I don't love his – over the past 36 rounds, he's one of the worst guys in the field from 175 to 200. But he hits it long enough that maybe the forced layups – won't cause him maybe he can get past that area his problem area when it comes down to the approach range but it doesn't seem like anyone's playing him should we talk about connor's the guy who's going to be the most owned like at the end i did this with uh reed for the heritage show we made a play the best plays lineup and it was my only six of six yeah that's that's been it's been that way for seemingly like a year now and that that gets me into serious trouble because play the best plays is a formula that I strongly strongly go against and Corey Connors is bucking that trend with hole in ones and putting now I mean if he putts even remotely consistently he's going to elevate himself to where he is right now so uh I, I just can't I I there's too many pivots this is what I say every time but how can I play Corey Connors when I can get Scheffler at a discount, when I can get Hatton and Im and, and guys cheaper for maybe slightly less ownership, to me, he's not a priority in any format just because of that. Maybe if you're going cash, of course, that's a different story, but I will once again probably be underweight on Corey Connors. Yeah, and I don't really do an underweight or overweight on guys. Either I play guys and I'm overweight on them, or I just don't play. I play 0%, and he's probably going to be a zero percenter he'll be in the play the best plays lineup obviously because he really all all signs point to him being a great play this week but uh, we're trying to win a giant gpp here and sometimes you need to buck the trend we spend this entire show talking ourselves out of the good plays that's what we're here for yeah i mean it's it's incredibly frustrating to see that but you you do have to try to take a long-term view and i still strongly believe that the times that you get these pivots right long-term, it gives you the opportunities for payouts that cover months and possibly years of play. The best play is burning you. The way that I look at it is you have Corey Connors at $9,600. You have the number seven ranked player in the world at $9,400. Just give me the better player. Yes. And ownership is probably tilting in your favor or it's going to be a wash. So no, really it, no, it, it's, it's almost double right now. Connors over Hatton. You see the, I mean, what is there to say then? Like, is is Corey Connors, there's just, there's nothing that you can point to unless you think that he's that good, uh, and I do not. So 
that makes it pretty easy. You got to kind of just live with that. And if that's the reason I, I lose, certainly wouldn't be the first time that Corey Connors is punished, man. He could be this good. If this, because he's gained over two strokes putting in five consecutive events. If this putting is real, like he's a top 15 player in the world. Yes. And there is always, there is that. I dealt with that with Morikawa for a while where I was just like, well, if he's this good, I'm going to have some serious problems. It turns out, spoiler alert, he is that good. Um, and I have to adjust with that. So that's something that you definitely can consider. And that's why people get to him in some capacity, but there's a lot of direct pivots uh, that I know are that good already. So I will go with the lower nines uh, and maybe go to Scheffler because that's an interesting pivot as well. The one name that I really haven't heard brought up, not that I've done a ton of digging about it, but isn't Abraham answer almost the exact same as Corey Connors? I mean, he is. He's just, he's also absolutely crushing. The difference is his putter has been not horrendous, but it's certainly been quiet. Uh, makes a ton of cuts. Great ball striker. I have no problem with answer. You can't play him all, of course. But he's someone, again, you don't need nearly as much to get leverage. So it, you, you don't need as many shares, and that's always appealing. It just feels like one of these weeks he's going to putt. He comes top 25 every single week, and he constantly loses strokes putting. And long term, like he's not an awful putter, which is really strange. Like He's lost it recently, that if he can get that back. I think if you're looking for a skill pivot off of Corey Connors, like Hatton and Connors don't share a whole lot of similarities in the way that their games are played now neither does louie neither does scheffler but answer and connors are almost a perfect comp for one another they are not super long off the tee but they hit almost every single fairway they're rarely in trouble their chipping and putting can give them problems from time to time i like you always say sort of the skill set stack you could play them together but i think that if i can get answer at half to a third of the ownership of Connors at a cheaper price I might just make that play instead and this would the guys I'm talking about right now this would probably involve me playing no one over ten thousand dollars yeah I mean obviously that's your priority first is if someone you know if DJ or JT or one of these guys just wins it's gonna be a tough week uh if you go that route but if they don't you're gonna have you know basically the top of the board remaining you're gonna have multiple shots and then you know, I say this a lot, if the top doesn't win, it opens it up where your lineup's not going to correlate in terms of priority. Like your 7K guy may take the placement points and your guy like answer giving you a, a T8 is actually very useful. So once you open it up and to survive the top, it's a totally different game and that could be very lucrative. Did you see Sungjae's irons at the Heritage? So Sungjae, uh, hopefully Benny On didn't, do anything because it's now showing he's set up perfectly here everything is checking out tita green is good the putter is always good it's got to be all systems go for sunjay right yeah i bet him i'm using him him and hatton just because hatton's like sneaky got his game back together and no one's really noticed so that's great news and sunjay we were just waiting for the irons to come back and they came back at harbor town if you can keep it going like he's played this course once he was fourth if he can just do what he did at heritage he's probably going to win yeah, he's won in Florida before. Everything there's Sanjay's a guy that more likely than not, you're not gonna find a ton of red flags. It's just can can the irons come and that that's where he struggled. His around the green game isn't the best, but he's a well rounded player. What did you where is he like thirty ish? Uh he's twenty eight twenty eight in some spots. I got him at thirty four yesterday. He might still be thirty three ish. Also, bet Guido on the European tour. Oh, I meant to ask you. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, I, I this is one of the main reasons that I wanted to have you on. I had it written down that I totally forgot. Uh, your guy, my, Max Kiefer, who you constantly bet over and over and have been doing for like three straight years. You're not ha- wrong. Has shit in, your, shit in your mouth two Sundays in a row. T2s, back-to-back weeks. Yeah, and then you, you it's not, it's, that wasn't bad enough. One of the weeks, Grio came in second. <laughs> And then last week, Louie came and said, so it's just been, thank God, not that I bet him, but Peter Uline won on the corn Ferry tour to close one for the good guys. But I, the last week was whatever, uh, your boy, what was that guy's name? Higo. Yeah. Higo, Garrett, my guy, Garrick Higo, big winner. Good for him. He deserved it. How Catlin won is behind it. Kiefer had it. I, I cannot believe he lost two weeks ago. That was as brutal as it gets. Truly devastating uh, for a guy that's never won on the European tour. He almost went full speed magic on Sunday last weekend. I, I got a couple DMs that he was just going 
he was making like birdies from the sea and he was doing things that uh, were quite disturbing. Just couldn't, couldn't go low enough, but he is just fantastic. I love that guy. Uh, Hopefully he can break through one of these days and and get me back to even on all the outrights I've had on him. Well, well, the crappy thing, he's no longer like 200 to one every single week. He's like 30 to one now. No, this is the worst thing because I, I haven't cashed a dime with him, but I used to get him at like, you know, triple digits all the time because why for obvious reasons and now it's kind of like schwab where it's like his price has cratered but i never got paid off so it's quite unfortunate uh and this week matthias schwab 28 to 1 on the european tour max kiefer 28 to 1 on the european tour but the bet is guido at 33 or this other random mm-hmm. loser that uh sky sky is going for the sky fecta here with three in a row on the european tour so i just gotta t- continue tailing him he's paying off all my all my pga debts johans vermin 60 to 1 that's the guy uh, of course, yeah. Good old, uh, what country is that person from? Uh, I'm going to say he's either Dutch or South African. Oh, I didn't think about, yeah, I was going to go in, in the juice bucket. Uh, I didn't think about South African. Okay, I'm going to try to remember that name and see what we can do. But yeah, it's been tough. I was wondering if you're going to bring that up. It's been it's been a tough, tough Sunday morning in the uh, Raza household for the last couple of weeks. Johans Verman is American? That can't be right. Yeah, he's from uh, yeah, he's from Jersey. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, you, what? Johannes right. y- Johannes Verman. Yeah, uh, let's see here. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so that's a that's a good sign. That, that's a start for Johannes Verman. I can't believe has this guy sixty to one. I've already bet on him too. This isn't great. Hopefully Guido can just win. That'd be a real cap for Sky though. His guy closing off the the Sky Fecta. Yeah, he is. He's American. Okay, all that's, right. U- that. USA. Let's go. Hey, it can it can happen. There's some good Americans over there. Uh, I don't even know where they are in Europe, to tell you the truth, this week. They're on the Canary Islands still. It's just a different course. Okay. And in, well, that's all that needs to be said. Go. <laughs> hey, hey, it did a good job. Whatever the Canary Islands did, it worked on Feinberg, because now he wants to go to the Canary Islands. It looks so nice. It did look pretty cool. I don't know. Uh, I know a decent amount of, about geography. I don't really know where the Canary Islands is, though. Uh, it's off the coast of Portugal, isn't it? Sounds right. Let's um, see. Let, let me. I go- mean, there were so many Sp- like Spanish players last week. Uh, it's off the coast of Morocco, so just off the yes. like just past the Iberian same Peninsula, neighborhood, a bit, a bit south. So yeah, it looks fantastic. Wasn't that where that stupid Ronaldo statue was? What? Remember that Ronaldo statue that they unveiled? It just looked like he was—he had suffered like acid burns or something like that. <laughs> I missed—I missed the acid burn Ronaldo statue. I'm gonna have to catch up, catch up on my my soccer gossip. But I have no idea what you're talking about. But I, I want to very badly. This was a couple of years ago. I think it was unveiled at the Canary Islands airport. I could be off on that, but it was an island off like somewhere in the Atlantic, just off the coast of like Iberia and just the like Northwest uh, Africa. Just... I'm Googling this now. This is amazing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> was it, was it the Canary Islands? Uh, Madeira Island. Okay. So I had, I had says. the, I had the Island wrong. So I think the Canary Islands is a Spanish Island. I guess Madeira would be a Portuguese Island. Yeah. At the airport, it looks like a, yeah, a Hall of Fame bust that didn't didn't make the final cut here. That's not the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 8K guys at the Valspar Championship. I don't love this range outside of, I assume, the guys that everyone loves. Like, I love Coke Rack at 8700 bucks. That's chalk that I will eat. Uh, I also like Ryan Palmer at 85 I just think that he's good. Uh, Charlie Hoffman rates out number one in the modeling that is not going unnoticed by Fantasy National members as he is currently the highest projected own player on the slate. Yeah, I mean, he's in a groove. There's no doubt about it, uh, churning out good finishes, and it, it checks out, uh, particularly with his irons. Kokrak makes sense. There's a couple guys, and I'm going to talk about another one when we get to the lower ranges, that I, I think, even though they're aggressive off the tee, they actually benefit when they're forced to club down a little bit. Uh, Luke List is one of them. I always say that about him, and I believe that to be true with Kokrak. His game is just much better shape. I mean, I know I, I talk up my guys, but Grio is actually playing tremendous golf right now. Yeah, does, doesn't it feel like it's just going to fall fall apart for him? He's getting up there in price now. 
And the heritage is one thing. This is a step up in comp- this is a step up in both competition and difficulty, of course. This ain't the Puerto Rico Open anymore. It's certainly not. And this is a guy, I mean, you're 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 definitely living dangerously in the sense that, and we've seen this. If he is ex- he can't get around around the green. He doesn't have the formula that I want. He has one part of it down to a T. He's an elite ball striker. His around the green game is not going to be able to hold up. So it's a bunch of risk reward there. I'm still interested because I really do believe that the putter has made some turns. He's gained in three of five, which for him is absolutely massive. Uh, I'm pretty convinced that he has an opportunity here, but he has to has to uh, hit plenty of greens because he just can't scramble like these other guys. This 8K range is super chalky right now. So you're looking at Kokrak, Hoffman, Grio, Kirk, Homa, all projected above 15% at the moment, and Tringali. It's going to be interesting how people do that. Do they go north of 10K and then go with two of these guys? Do they flat and go like nines and eights, I, I guess? But if you go very aggressive in the nines, you're probably going to create a dead range here um well it's 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 based on the way that this is laying itself out right now and just to say like the only guy above the two guys above 15 percent at ten thousand dollars like currently and this is all going to change obviously is patrick reed at 16 percent paul casey at 15 percent then you have like hovland at 10 dustin at six justin thomas at 12 so maybe the move might be just like double up at top and go to the bottom because if you're going to start in the nines it feels like you're going to take two or three guys in the nines and if you take one of these guys at the top it feels like you almost drop immediately into the eights and take like three of those guys yeah that's gonna that's definitely gonna be a build i think people will look to and i probably will as well um just because i think you can you can find leverage and then there there are a couple guys you mentioned a bunch of chalky options Taylor Gooch is in a similar bucket to me as Grio. Uh, you're going to have to get by with your approach. He's a world-class iron player at times. It comes and goes, but he has extreme variance within that. Putter's been good. I, I actually am, you know, I don't think he's going to be popular. It's not a guy I go to often, but Kevin Na. I see Kevin Nas there as well. Um these are guys, there's something to that. It doesn't mean you pivot in all six spots, but you can at least explore these type of options. Well, it's really funny to me. I know that it, we, you always kind of speak about this as it pertains to J.B. Holmes, that he has this weird, uncanny ability that when he putts well, he putts really well, and then all of a sudden he's gaining 10 strokes on the greens. Like That's the sort of player who can provide you know, legitimate upside when they are pivot plays at low ownership. Now, we haven't seen that at a J.B. in a while, but Kevin Nye is kind of that guy at the same time. Like He could most definitely miss the cut of... Homa and Kirk and Grio and Tringali and even Hoffman at this point, he's probably the least likely to make the cut of those guys. He's also probably the most likely to win. Absolutely. There's a totally different, this is where you have to evaluate what you're trying to do. Win equity wise, Kevin Knopp is certainly always playing above. It's like Sneds to me. He's another one who does that. Like these guys are more likely to win than where they're priced. The reason they're priced down there is because their miscut equity is gigantic because when they don't have it, it's really bad. So you can tap into some of that. I totally get it. Uh, There's certainly safer options, though, in the mid-8s. Yeah, listen, Kevin now is not going to make the play the best plays lineup, but he's probably going to make Pat Mayo's lineup, because I lose money every single week. But whenever Kevin... I I, I think I play Kevin not every single week, so through the withdrawals, he's sort of like Louie is for you, except he's cheaper priced, which is great. And he wins more, so that's actually nice. But I'm looking at his Valspar history. He hasn't played here since 2017. He missed the cut that year. Before that, 22nd, 10th, and 2nd. Not bad. This is a course that is not penal for him off the tee because off the tee means a lot less than it does at other courses, unless you're putting it into the woods. But he's a fairly accurate player. The irons can be amazing. We know how hot the putter can get, and I'm never really worried about him getting it up and down. That he can do. Oh, no doubt. And obviously, this is a short sample size. I'm just using it to make a point. But if you just look at Kevin Nas putting at Valspar, this is exactly what I'm talking about. He's had two negative uh, events where he lost strokes putting. He lost 2.4 and 2.9. Then he had two positive and he gained four and 4.7. And that's what you're talking about. That's a huge spread. You're not seeing like, oh, he gained five tenths of it. You know, he he was around zero. It's boom or bust. And that's what you want to look for with pivots, because if you get it right, the upside for Kevin Na is actually winning the tournament. Kevin Na's projected ownership is the lowest of anyone in the 8K range, and it's around 4% right now. 
Yeah, and that's warranted in some regard because most people, uh, particularly if you're playing like a, a single lineup or something, you don't want to sacrifice it to the gods immediately. So uh, I get being hesitant, but at the same time, if you want to embrace that, could be. It's unlikely, but you could get a massive payoff from a guy like that. We're doing it this week. We're going to win with let's Kevin go. Nob, and let's have it. Let's, I'm in. I'll go to the loony bin. Uh, uh, that's he's going to fucking withdraw, isn't he? Probably. That seems possible. Um, but if he doesn't, we're yeah. ahead of the game. Yeah, then, then we can just grind out his T36 after he has a real hot Sunday when no one's watching. As you know, I've been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food and realized I basically can't eat anything anymore, so I just started eating unhealthy foods again. But enter some Magic Spoon. Of course you know about Magic Spoon. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving, too. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And we've got some exciting news. Magic Spoon has released a super delicious new flavor, birthday cake. Sounds incredible. Birthday cake Magic Spoon will be available in a special five-pack for a limited time only, so get it while you can. Or build your own box. Available flavors to build your own custom bundle are coca, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. I would just get all fruity because it rules. And if you're listening from Canada where I listen from, Magic Spoon now ships there as well. Essentially, it's this. Magic Spoon is a great breakfast. It's a great snack. Whatever you want, it's just delicious. I come home after work. I'm not looking to carb up even before I eat dinner. The kids are running around. I don't have 30 minutes to make something like super fresh in terms of like vegetables and all that. That's very time consuming. I got to watch the kids and I'm starving at this second. Magic Spoon. It works. It's delicious. Go get it. So go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab the new limited edition birthday cake or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And be sure to use our code mayo, that is M-A-Y-O, for those of you who don't know how to spell mayo because you're morons, at checkout to save $5 off this order. This order is now good anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code, that's MAYO, at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it, for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. If you're a fellow whose resting body temperature rivals that of Las Vegas pavement in mid-July, standard antiperspirants probably don't give you much relief. But before you resign yourself to a life of perpetual pit stains, know this... Duke Cannon Dry Ice Cooling Antiperspirant is made for guys who run uncomfortably hot. Its moisture and friction-activated cooling system is formulated with menthol to give you an all-day sensation of standing under an air conditioner cranked to high, not a heat lamp, stuck on broil. Available in refreshing menthol and eucalyptus and peppermint and musk scents, Dry Ice uses activated charcoal to effectively combat sweat and stank. And with the highest level of odor and wetness protection allowable, you'll last longer in the heat, and your t-shirts will too. Dry ice cooling antiperspirant, that's the menthol and eucalyptus, 2.6 ounces, $12 each. It has the menthol to deliver instant cooling with a distinctively fresh scent, enriched with activated charcoal to remove toxins while deodorizing moisture and friction-activated cooling system that keeps you cool in the highest, again, allowable sweat protection. Same goes for the peppermint and musk. 2.6 ounces, $12 each. If your internal thermostat feels like it's perpetually set to sauna, pick up a stick of Duke Cannon Dry Ice Cooling Antiperspirant. It'll feel as refreshing as jumping naked into a frigid lake without the risk of frostbite on your undercarriage. Visit DukeCannon.com and use promo code MAYO for 10% off your next order. Plus, get free shipping with orders over 20 bucks. A curated collection of Duke Cannon products are also available at select Target stores. 7K range at Zavalispar. I have a ton of takes from here. They're all kind of the same guy. I like Woodland, 78, club down course. And I'm playing, I mean, Cam is going to be on the show with us tomorrow breaking down the Kentucky Derby. So this, this isn't, I'm going to try to do my best Cam here.
$7,400, a player you're very familiar with, Ben Raza. He has had four starts so far in 2021. He has yet to finish worse than T15. He has three top tens. He has played exclusively on the European Tour. I have no idea what he is doing at this tournament, but it's my guy, Sam Horsfield. Get them Kentucky Derby vibes, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Derby narrative, that's what we're going here. Mark, okay, I see what you did there. Yeah, when you said Cam, I thought you were going to mention one of the cams, Cam Davis or Cam Champ, but you went to the horse theme. I see what's going on. Uh, this is a guy that I, I've always thought is really talented. We just don't have a ton of information. Uh, when we've seen him over here, for the most part, it's been pretty bad, but it's been in majors and things of that nature. He's played API well a couple of times. I think it's an interesting play. Uh, you've got Lanto right there. You've got Lucas Glover in this range. Is he's someone good. that I look to. He's, he's been yeah. good. He really has. I, I have a feeling I'm going to get into a little trouble with Lucas Glover. So uh, there are options, no doubt. Guy, the current players projected over 10% on FantasyNational.com at the moment, the glove being one of them. Keegan Bradley, the highest owned of anyone here. And, I mean, pick your poison with Keegan. There's a reason uh, that he can go full Keegan because it's this course where he did it at. So be very careful with Keegan Bradley. This course also has the second most putts been missed inside five feet. Oh, that'll be. <laughs> yeah, surely that won't come into play with a guy like Keegan. I mean, his irons are automatic at this point, but you're – I mean, it's one of the more unbalanced prayer profiles. His short game and his putting are as bad as it gets, and his ball striking is as good as it gets. So Keegan, Glover, Denny McCarthy, oh, hi, Denny, Lonto Griffin, and Doug the Gim Reaper projected 20%. Good God. Yeah, that's Stop, that's stop playing Doug Gim. Leave Doug Gim for me, okay? You're not talking to me, believe me. Uh, I play Doug Gim a little, but... I play I'll him a lot. I play him every week. I played him last week. Him and Sue were... They are solid. They did their thing. Uh, but I don't know. There's some interesting pivots here, starting with a guy that I get into trouble with, and he's, he's really shown no signs. But long-term, when I think about this guy, I think kind of about Valsvar. I'm going to play Alex Noren. Uh, same price as Gim, direct pivot. He's playing okay. He actually looked good at Heritage for a change. Uh, and the Swedes were all right last week. So I'm I'm going to go to Alex Noren as a pivot here. Alex Noren as a pivot. Okay. Do we just roll the dice on Hadwin and maybe he can figure it out? So Hadwin's tricky because you have to just like almost convince yourself that it doesn't matter with the stats because you look at him and you're just like, this is ridiculously unsustainable yeah but, but, but um, go and look at what he did at heritage when he completely inverted what he had been doing yeah and then he missed the cut like if you would have told me that hatton gained almost two strokes on the approach uh i would have been saying okay he's going to be in the hunt and he didn't even make the weekend so sometimes that's good it means that it's like the whack-a-mole formula and you just need to connect the dots but other times it's now his best thing may be regressing i i don't know he has a weird distribution of results at Valspar, which I think a lot of guys would have over time. So it's not like he can't do it. He's done it here. Uh, I just don't know exactly where his game is at. It's all over the place, but this is very, it's, it's hard to look back because when he won at this event, his lead in form was so good that he was basically what we saw from Corey Connors at the moment. Hadwin was doing, except he was priced still down in this range and he wasn't a prohibitive favorite in this field after the two best players in the world. So uh, you, you, you could still kind of glom on to him here. I like what you said about Glover. I have Kisner projected at 1% right now. So that's been a guy that I've been, I, I, I think I've been doing it right, but it hasn't been working at all. I just keep betting him like he's 90 to one this week. To me, that's because the miscut equity is gigantic. Uh, I know he can win. I know he's talented. I don't mind sprinkling, but I'm going to keep betting him. I, I know that may be a fool's errand, but if you're going to give me almost 100 to 1 in fields like this with a guy like Kisner, I, I'm going to keep doing it. Noren's a pretty good call. I didn't realize how well he played at Heritage. Huh. He did, and he did it in the way that I wanted to see it. He was very good with his irons, and he's an incredible up-and-down player. Didn't really even need the putter, and the putter's been hot, so... I look at that, if he can hold it together off the tee, I think there's something there with Noren who is not going to be popular. Can you go teach Doug Gim how to putt for me, please? 
Oh yeah, that's what you want me me teaching people. Well, um, it, listen, it has to be better than what he's doing right now. He is averaging yeah. averaging in his past five tournaments. The average number of strokes gained putting is minus three point two. Yeah, that's that's in there with like beyond esque territory. Um, that's hard to do because if you have zero, like you've, you've skewed the data and 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 he's only missed one cut. Well, that's, (laughs) I mean, I don't know what you do about that. Cause it's like, first of all, this is a full field. So making the cut, this is going to be another low. I mean, six of six last week was like 1%. This is going to be very low as well. So there is something to that, but T to green, this guy is on fire. Uh, Interesting and, guy. And this is this is a good course for him too, because he's super accurate off the tee. And he's one of the like I believe in these irons. Like I go back and I, I look at the, the event log. He has lost strokes with his irons once since he lost at Sony in two rounds. He had a horrible Sony the week that everyone first the first week, like I bet him hard. And then you know, all of a sudden he just starts re he's missed two cuts over his next ten stars. He's yet to drop st- strokes on approaches since he drops it occasionally off the tee he's like hit or miss around the green but the putting has just been atrocious and these are the type of guys that i bet on all the time (laughs) this is the the, this is the pat mayo profile of guys that i like it can work and and there is the kind of what we're talking about with Corey connors but even more so here you can also just macro bet on these guys like next year at valspar doug gim could be 9k he could be 10k like there's a chance he's just really good and he's starting to find it. Now, he could also be, like, off the tour, uh, potentially. I, you know, there's a big range of outcomes, but there's something to that. I just don't love the fact that I think a lot of people have really gravitated towards him in recent weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's the chalky low sevens guy. That is almost a direct, like, when you write it down, that's, like, guy that you fade. But, you know, I'm such a sucker. I mean, it's always tempting. And Corey Connors has proven, uh, whether it's at the Masters or any other tournament, like he doesn't care about being the, the the chalk that you should probably pivot. He just goes and breaks down those walls. So it's not like Gim can't play good. I wouldn't be even remotely surprised. It's just, are you getting, you know, one fifth, one sixth, the ownership on, on direct pivots uh, with some of these other guys or one tenth, the ownership on a guy, two guys right below him. You've already brought up one of them, like your boy, but Actually, you've brought up both of them so far, which is strange because I had both of them highlighted. One is Uline, who has the win on the Corn Ferry Tour. Top five last week at the team event with Richie Warinsky. He's back on Bermuda. That's his jam. Like, is, is this finally the time? I mean, you're not going to have to convince me I've been on him. Uh, really liked him last week. It was just great. Um, he's the inverse. Now, he he's a great around the green player, extreme putter. So off the tee game, if he can keep it out of the drink, uh, that's what I worry about. He takes himself out of tournaments far too often. But lately, it seems like he's found something. And I, I still believe that Peter Uline is a better player than most. So uh, I will be going to him, particularly because Gim is going to shield him from massive ownership. He's also going to shield Snedeker, who keeps kind of popping back up. He had a really good Valero. He had a good team event. He wasn't a write-off at Heritage. That This is a course where I've seen him compete before. I mean, he's in the, to me, he's in the Kevin Knott bucket. It, you don't know why or when, but it can just, and, he, and it just shows. I mean, at Valero, he gained seven and a half strokes on the approach. Then at Heritage, he did it all around the green. Uh, and we know he can do it with the putter. It, it's really those three categories at any time can go to the extreme. So I get it. I certainly don't want to make him a priority, but if, if I get to some Brent Snedeker this week, I, I'm very comfortable with that. The highest rated players the past 36 rounds per the model I put together. And if you subscribe to the newsletter, I put in uh, graphics of just kind of looking through this stuff and how I came to these conclusions of what to throw into the stat modeling this week. And the reason that I won't end up following it, because here are the names that spit me out from the 7Ks. Keegan, Doug Gim, Lonto, Lucas Glover, Matthew Neesmith, John, uh-huh. and Tom Hollywood Hoagie, who I actually think I'm going to play. Yeah, Tom Hollywood Hoagie, I never play this guy, but he keeps popping up. Uh, and he said two straight. His his chipping has been better than I give him credit for. Like, it's not great, but it's been fine. Um, flat seven. I will say that I do think your boy Luke List is interesting. Me too. Short uh, course, man. Short course Bermuda. That's the one place where he can do well. It is. And at Heritage, he, he wasted a really good iron. 
play finally he lost five and a half strokes putting <laughs> that's always what you're gonna have to deal with but this is the type of track for luke list and we've seen it we've seen at honda some other places i'm gonna go to him this week at flat seven I can probably get there, too. Just let me check in. Yeah, the around the green has been kind of spotty for him, but it seemed like he had it figured out for a while. And when he was running really good, he was really good around the greens, and that was saving his ass a ton. And, I mean, you can kind of steer this two ways. One, if someone is a good putter, they're not going to miss their five-footers. But at this course, like I mentioned, it has the second most missed putts inside of five feet after Riviera. So maybe some other people in the field will putt like Luke List just because you know, people miss these putts. Yeah, I mean, he already does that. Yeah. <laughs> so him, him missing five footers this week is just another week. So I got, do you have any interest in Charles? I don't know. I It's funny because I didn't watch much of the Zurich. I just assumed Louis was carrying the team. I mean, if you saw the playoff, that I was saw the, the I, I, saw, I saw the playoff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly. It's very hard to conceptually like, I, I wasn't paying a ton of attention either of like who did what, but Charles had been, trending but then you go it's like augusta you know that's obviously a totally different animal I, I don't have a ton of interest to be honest i think i'd rather play list uh probably rather play hollywood hoagie as well yeah neesmith is the really interesting one because he does almost everything you want well except for the chipping the chipping is not good but he, no. but he's one of those guys that you need the problem with the super like iron and ball striker players when you get down in this territory like you know, if Vic wins, Vic is probably going to hit like 80% of greens and regulation throughout the week while the field hits like 55%. I just don't know if someone like Neesmith has three days of that or four days of that in him. He'll do it for one round, but what happens the other three rounds? And that one round can kind of cloud everything that else that happens. I like him. He's fine. I have no problem using him. I probably just won't get to him because I'm like, oh, Rasmus Hogard's right there. Maybe I should play him instead, despite the fact that every time I play him, he shoots plus 35. Yeah, he uh, maybe Vaughn Taylor gave him some 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 tips last week with the new the new power pairing in golf but I, there's a range again I don't think I need to get too crazy there's there's some guys as we work to the sixes I think you can lose use for salary relief but if you don't go up top you're gonna have a ton of flexibility uh to land where you you know end where you want to Keith Mitchell Jeff brought him up I'm kind of on board with him he's been playing a little bit better and again another club down course this is where he tends to play a little bit better. Where is uh, flat seven? Killa Keith, what are you doing? Gaining on the... Eh. Yeah, he actually is playing better. I, I was... You know, him and Sneds were another weird pairing last week. They were making eagles all over the place. Um, Keith Mitchell's a, a tough one for me just because his stats... He either doesn't grade out well for me or there's some bad data, and I probably think it's the latter, to be honest. Um I just don't know if I'll honestly have room for him at flat seven. There's a lot of guys right there that I think are interesting. Like Stenson? Because Rose carried that team. Yeah, no, I'm not going to go to Stenson. I I always, I'm not saying I'm going to get to him, but I take a look at Johnny Vegas every time. And then I kind of just continue living my life. But it's just, I don't know. Something about him. There was something on it. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to PGA splits let me get the actual like full full address here p twitter handle sorry pj splits 101 at pj splits 101 he's been using the fantasy national raw data and parsing it in different ways and i think that he might even be helping us out with adding in new filters to make this information uh, a lot easier for people to find but there was a vegas one that popped up that was like holy shit johnny vegas is super high on this list unless i was reading it incorrectly it was not putting on pure bermuda there it is par fours the par fours, all 400 to 450 yards, those ones, at the Valspar Championship average. Uh, the average score on them is 4.13. So they're very tough compared to other courses because, well, they're between 400 and 450 yards because of the dog lags and the forced layups. They tend to play like 20 to 30 yards longer than they actually are. So they're, you can kind of put them in a longer bucket. So looking at other courses with tough par fours from the 400 to 450 range, and he found that it was TPC San Antonio, Sawgrass, Bay Hill, Pebble Beach, Torrey Pines South, PGA National, Quail Hollow, and Shinnecock were the ones that he used. The best players in the field over the last three years on holes from that length are Streelman, Redmond, Reed, Vegas, Casey, Connors, Kirk, Bradley and Ryan Palmer. All those guys play really well at this course. 
I think there is something to that. Certainly that's not how I arrived at this, but it reinforces kind of what, what I think about with Vegas. And he's another guy that it, it's all there. He's going to gain most likely off the tee, but his other stats, you know, it's not, it's erratic, but it's also consistently erratic. And there, there's something to that for Telly has that um, couple EVR. other guys on tour. Yeah, exactly. Those type of guys, there's something there. Um, you don't get it right often, but Johnny Vegas is the type of guy when he pops, he tends to really pop. Six Ks. The only guy I've highlighted so far is Seb Straka, who's won me a bunch of money at this tournament in the past, uh, being first round FRL. I might not have hit a first round leader since. The first round leader market has severely been shifted. I can't get the same guys. Like there's, It doesn't seem like it's a lot because it's still triple digits, but there'd be guys like Seb Straka. I think the year that I hit him, he was 225 to one. Like, those guys just aren't there anymore. Those are all hundred to one guys. And it really takes a lot of like the pricing out of it for me. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, I, I totally know what you mean. It used to be, you know, those type of players. Now I, I feel like almost a lot of my first round leader plays have actually shifted to honing in on. I rarely used to do this, but betting like pretty top of the board guys to just almost go wire to wire. Um, not always, but yeah, some of those big time names in terms of big payouts, they're not nearly as lucrative as they once were. No, because before you could kind of tread water, tread water, tread water, tread water for like nine weeks. Then you hit one, then you're still up money because the payouts were so big. That's not the case anymore. No, it's not. And it's, it's, it's a fine line. I don't know if, uh, yeah, it also may be that I just picked the wrong guys. There's always that aspect of it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at God. Now we get into the, these are the names where it starts to get a a little dangerous. So I like Straka. I think you can play him at $6,800. I like him at tougher courses. He tends to show up at those. Can I play Bryce Garnett? Because he continues to play well. He was not the issue on the Garnett-Stallings team at the Zurich, who I had money on. Just needed to come inside the top five, Ben. That's all I needed. It it didn't happen. Because Stallings kept missing from three feet, putting it in the fucking water. Like, oh my God, man. I, I... I played you because you were constantly gaining with your irons. You're supposed to be good at this. And he was horrendous. Bryce Garnett has a, a distinct formula. Now it may just be beating up on garbage fields, but if it's not that Corrales, Puerto Rico, OHL, even Wyndham, like Honda, these are all his best finishes on tour. So there is something to that. I don't know exactly if he's going to be able to handle something like this in terms of the difficulty, but I get it. I just wish he was, he wasn't so close to the guys we talked about. Like if he was 65, I would get there. I just probably will find a hundred dollars and go to the various other options. Yeah. I think that's probably the right move. He is. It's not that he's overpriced. Yes. Paul. Are you guys talking about Bryce Garnett? Yeah. He has COVID. Oh really? Yeah. Does that make him a better, does that make him? Yeah. Spawn. That brings JJ spawn into the field and Tim Wilkinson. Well, should we be? Should we? Bryce still... Garnett, Will G- Gordon. Now, COVID how does this? How does this work? Seventeen hours ago. I mean, this could work as in either Bryce Garnett is the only player allowed to play in the Valspar, or and everyone else has to go home so they don't get COVID, or it works the opposite way where he's not allowed to play anymore. I don't know which one it is. Tim Wilkinson is in now. <laughs> is that what, what I just heard? I think he said JJ Spawn. JJ oh. Spawn and. Tim Wilkinson. Oh, Silkinson is in? Sign me up. Yeah. I don't know if he can carry, you know, if it's like a forced carry of 225, he may have issues, but uh, I love that guy. Your boy's, huh. your boy's Seaford's 66. Yeah. I, I don't mind going there solely because people, everybody was all about him last week, and I got it. I, I was there too, and he certainly didn't pay off. So maybe just holding on. Um, one week i'll be honest i still don't know exactly what his game is all about uh doesn't have like one distinct category he's kind of just average at best he, really in everything he, he pops with the irons every now and then like a lot it seems like he actually pops in each of the four strokes gain categories randomly week after week after week it's just a different one like at valero almost four strokes gained off the tee nothing else going on at the heritage gained over three strokes putting at honda 7.9 strokes gained on approach then you go back to the amex 3.5 gained on approach it's just he's all over the map maybe one of these weeks will just squeeze it all together I mean, I would rather have a guy who has the ability to do that than just have a guy down here who can only do 
one thing and there's just like no possible way that he can he can pop in the other categories so there's not much the opportunity cost is minimal um Benny on is down here but he's really just not there right now yeah I can't get behind and I was actually giving a hard look to Tyler Duncan but you want to talk about a guy who sucks at putting he sucks at putting now yeah Shank uh I needed them badly last week and it just wasn't happening so can't get behind that I'll tell you what this is more of like a blind flyer I'm sure I could point to something I just have a feeling that Troy Merritt's gonna play well oh it's it's, it's, it's one of those three weeks yeah, yeah, one of the three weeks out of the decade with Troy Merritt. He he's been okay. The miscuts haven't been egregious. The stats are just pretty blah. I just you know he's it was a very long time ago, but he's done it here a little bit. Um, I, I like I like the setup actually for him at you know you're talking a true one percenter now. I I want to look in to see how he's been doing, but I keep playing Brandon Heggie, and it works like okay. once every two weeks. All right, I maybe I don't understand golf. That would probably be a start to a lot of the questions that I have. But Brandon Hagee, I just assume every drive is like 390. And then I look, and it's just not. Like, isn't he like a nuclear bomber? I thought he was too, but maybe that's been the change in his game. Every time I'm like, oh my God, he's just going to like drive the par five. And it's just like 225, then like 170 yard iron shot, and then he gets up and down. Like, I, I don't understand what we're doing here with him he's still gaining a bunch off like in terms of driving distance gain the heritage was the first event he didn't gain off the tee in terms of distance against the field since the 2020 sony and before that uh it had never happened before okay so maybe maybe he can still do that i it just whenever i watch him it feels like his around the green game is really good he's an interesting player he's got a, i mean there's a couple guys who have that rare formula um, champ a little, obviously Bryson to a much larger extent where like, if you crush it off the tee and you make your fair share of putts, you don't really need to do anything else unless you're really, really screwing up with your irons. I'm just trying to figure out who the other guys would be down here. Can I sell you on some Vince Watley or Whaley or the fuck his name is? I didn't know he existed until I saw them make the cut. I don't even know who he played with last week. Yeah, I, He's now made six consecutive cuts on the PGA tour friend. It's, is he even a, like does he have status or he just like they just let him keep showing up shoot to you miss i don't know maybe he's just like homer it's like i just showed up the first day the plan opened and i'm still here <sighs> jamie lovemark's here don't oh don't play yeah, him, don't people. play jamie lovemark play, play. No, i just wanted to quickly say that um boy like i'm looking I'm, I'm looking down at the bottom and i i just can't figure out what to do do you think that nick watney is now riding good time vibes <laughs> after playing with charlie hoffman I yeah I don't know what that was about last week I mean God the bottom is really bad Grayson's down there but oh man the no. the bad boy of Chinese golf Zing Zhu Zhang is the is the min he's oh my back. god oh my god he's missed like oh, ten cuts in a row it's uh. been he's on the uh, man I'm throwing out all sorts of names he's on the Anders Albertson train remember that guy <laughs> yeah I, I feel like he no it's Svensson who keeps popping up on the Corn Ferry tour lately isn't it. Anders Albertson made like I was like wow this guy's pretty good he's made like eight straight cuts and then he missed like 35 in a row um don't know where he's at but hope hope he comes back I miss that guy who are the other idiots from down here you got all the I mean this is this is I mean this is Corey Connors breakout Adam Hadwin has a win here in the past maybe we should just be scouting Canadians here so we have Michael David Hearn and Glitch Glick I hope he sucks because I don't like his last name. I find it very hard to say. Uh, also, Roger Sloan, who actually writes out really well for me. He's 25th of all players in this field. Roger Sloan has been a guy that I've actually been on a lot, and I played him last week. He played with Aaron Badley. They were rolling. I mean, I know it's easy when it's you know Thursday with best ball. They were rolling, and they couldn't get it done Friday. Missed that cut. Roger Sloan's actually a pretty good player, particularly with his irons. He missed the cut at Valero, but before that, 22nd at Corrales, 25th at Honda, 22nd at Puerto Rico. Yeah, he's a pretty good player. I'm going to play him. 6500 bucks. He'll be my cheap guy. I don't know if you need to go... This low? Like, yeah, that's, I think, fine. But, you know, I'm looking at, like, the Chesson Hadley, Kelly Craig. Like, I don't see much down here. I'm not sure. Unless you're doubling up and you're like, I want JT and Reed. 
something like that. I'm not sure there's a reason to go this slow. I mean, can we play Camillo? Camillo's miscut or top 20? Where is he? He's 66, I think. 67. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you go there. Up there, though, it's, again, it's it's a different opportunity cost. He's actually playing a lot better than I thought, though. And maybe hmm. Shank has got it back together. Yeah, Shank used to be... He was the guy who made every... Yeah, he made the cut every single week for a while until he stopped doing that so much. But he's made three yeah, of the once that goes, once that goes... I like Shank, but I remember when Brandon Harkins used to do that. Brandon Harkins? Where, what happened to that guy? I don't know. These guys, they punish me and then they just, they take my money and they run. Um, <laughs> never to be seen again. I, I don't know where he is. He's he's not in the field, though. I can confirm that. Uh, one guy who I don't know if he has the driving acumen to really get it done, but Tom Lewis is playing well. He's, I mean, he, he we know we can do it. Obviously, he's competed in a hell of a lot better fields than this. He's got everything. It's just he, him and Peters was the perfect pairing last week. You know, they're the same player. They're just nuts. Okay, uh, l- I, let me let me ask you, why isn't Peters in this field? I don't know. I figured I was like virtually certain he was going to stay uh, and play. I don't know how it works with, if he can, but if Rasmus is here, why isn't Peters here? Yeah, and like horse, I, I guess Sam Horsfield's probably in the PGA Championship, isn't he? Yes, uh, that makes sense now that i think about it we need to get higo in the pga championship he's up to number 64 in the world we need to get Kiefer in the i played him at a major once what, u.s open what Kiefer Kiefer was in a major i played him at a u.s open how'd he do you know it's not about how he did it was an experience uh yeah it was really bad <laughs> he, he that was did, a long time ago he didn't pull the zalatoris like oh he came seventh no, nope. He didn't pull anything of the sort. Um, it was really, really unfortunate. But yeah, that was like when I first discovered him because he had, he had made like, it was absurd. He had like eagle streaks on the European tour. And I was like, this is a guy I can get behind. Um, didn't translate. What can you do? So we throw out a lot of names. I'll have them condensed uh, in my cheat sheet up on DKPlaybook.com that will come out Tuesday evening. And I am sure that you're going to be talking all the stuff through over on Osimo throughout the course of the week. Absolutely. We're going to break this down on shows Tuesday and Wednesday night, answering your questions and certainly the projections, the ownership, everything behind the paywall. If you guys want to sign up, we got weekly passes. Get on over there. No better time to do it. Let's do the play the good plays lineup. Let's make a lineup. All right. Only the good plays, though. (sighs) Man, this is going to be foreign to me. Yeah. So it's funny. When I look at my exposures, when I go in, it's going to be like, why do I have 3% Corey Connors for some reason? It's like, oh, I have this lineup that has. So Corey Connors is in this lineup, right? Yes. Isn't Gim as well? Yeah, Gim. I mean, is Gim the good play? I feel like he is. I'm not good. I'm not going to be good at this because my mind doesn't work properly for a lot of reasons, but I think this is one of them. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Who else? Like Charlie Hoffman? Oh, yeah. Charlie Hoffman's definitely in this lineup. So Hoffman. Paul, you've been listening to this. Who do you think? The oh, good- I've got like the chalkiest lineup. My only lineup I've made so far. Does it have Connors and Hoffman? In uh, it? Tring- yeah, Connors, Hoffman, Tringali, <laughs> Kirk, Homa. And Neesmith. That's not, I mean, I don't think it's that chalky. It's pretty chalky, I think. Who would be the other guys that we can play? So Connors and Hoffman. Two most owned guys in the field. And then I don't know about those other guys in the eights. But they, in our stats board template, these guys were were up at the top. Do we throw Casey into it? It's, It's just, this is the best Casey has ever played coming into this event. Yeah, I mean... You could go, where's 66? Is there anyone at 66? Seifert? Mm. No, because we're playing, we're playing the good plays here. So Yeah, so you could go balance. You could go Connors, Hoffman, Kirk, Tringale, Gim, and Keegan. That's the lineup. Look at that. Kirk, that's, there we are. Kirk, Tringale, Gim, who was the other one? Keegan? Keegan. Oh, good God. 
Yeah, look at that lineup. Zero dollars. We maxed out our salary too on the play on the play the best plays lineup. Actually, you know who's probably deserves to be in this lineup. I guess it doesn't now work. Although we could go down from Bradley to Glover at seventy-seven. Does that get us up enough to go from Tringali to Kokrak? Because Kokrak's, I I think Kokrak. Nah, now we're 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 now missing a hundred dollars. Fuck. Yep. Is there anyone else who's like a good play in that middle range, the the low sevens to mid sevens? There's not really. Well, that's unfortunate. Lanto esque, maybe, but yeah, Lanto wouldn't be bad. Homa is gonna carry a lot of ownership, huh? All right, guess we could bump Kirk to Homa. Yeah, let's do that. Let's bump Kirk to Homa. Really don't like Homa this week, but that's probably a good thing for him. Yeah, I don't like him either. So there it is. Look at that. That team is got the glove in there now. All right. So Connors, Hoffman, Homa, Kokrak, Gimmon, the glove. That's the the play the best plays lineup. Go in me 200K. Thank you. Yeah, that's it. All right. Ben Raza. Thank you. Thank you for this exercise uh, in us trying to get away from what we normally do and play good plays. Fun time as always. Check out Ben on Twitter at JazzRazDFS and check him tomorrow on the Pat Mayo Experience when we're breaking down the Kentucky Derby with Cam. It's going to be a great time. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me on Twitter at ThePME, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get yourself 20% off. Smash like, leave your sleepers, and join the Listener's League. Okay? I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!